like you now to meet the brightest star in show business. I'm Lizzie. I'm Allie. And this is, she's great in that. The podcast about ladies and the movies they're great in. Today we're talking about the virgin suicides. Enough said. End of episode. Directed by Sofia Coppola. Are you, do you remember the, I believe it's an insane clown policy line, um, magnets, how do they work? (laughs) Yes. So my, I think the thesis of this movie is, girls, how do they work? Oh, wow. In mysterious ways. That girls, what is them? Girls, how do they work? I guess we'll never know. I, and this is not like a diss, but something about Sofia Coppola's work is that she often asks a lot of questions and doesn't really provide any answers, which leaves everything open to interpretation. But every time I watch this movie, I'm like, I don't think anyone knows why these girls kill themselves. Like, they justify it. And that's the point. So the book that it is based on is all from the perspective of the boys. And the whole yes. the whole point of the book is, why do these girls kill themselves? The making of featurette, which is on the Criterion Collection edition of the DVD, which I watch a lot. Um, it basically, she was like, well, that's dumb. It's a movie about these girls. And shouldn't we learn more about these girls? And then she's like, but we can't get into their heads and figure out why they did this because we don't know and we never will know. And... There's that really heartbreaking scene with adult Trip Fontaine where he's like in rehab and he was like, she was the love of my life and I don't understand why this happened. And it, I think about it to this day. And it also, he doesn't understand his own actions. He's like, I slept with the love of my life and then I got up and walked away and left her in the middle of a field. Yes. And I just did that for some reason. And to then blame yourself because you think that you know, or you know that your actions and behavior probably contributed. Well, it certainly kicked off her downward spiral of having sex with inappropriate men on her roof, which was probably a bad idea. You know, she was working through it. That's the weird thing. She's supposed to be 14 in this movie. And it really, it is not a creepy movie at all, but it absolutely asks us to consider the attractiveness and the like romantic lovability of like a a a pubescent girl where it's like look at her as a desirable object like not in a fetishy way not in a as an adult you should be into her way she's not wiser than her years or anything but it's very much like if you were a teen boy, you would be lusting after her. And that's our viewpoint. So look at her and lust after her. And I, I'm watching it, I'm just like, but she a baby. She a baby. Kirsten is not 14 in this movie. She does not look 14 in this movie. So much about the sexualization and fetidization of young women. And in this mystery and allure and also in sadness, it creates this kind of attractiveness to men who think that women need saving. And I think part of what makes this film so bleak and also powerful is that there's nothing they could have done to save them. 
they try and they try and they think and they think they can, but there's they're actually nothing. Boys. They're actually very sweet boys. When they <gasps> play you records over the phone, I was like, that's a very thoughtful thing to do. <laughs> that entire sequence, I sob the entirety of that sequence because they're such sweet, kind boys. And in a, there's an innocence to them in the same way that these girls are sexualized because of A, they're very beautiful and B, there's this temptation of like their parents keep them up lock and key. They never get to go out. If we want to date one of them, we got to date all of them. And these boys, what starts as an interest in them as objects because like they learn to care about them and their intentions become very, very pure um, compared to all the boys that they go to the prom with who are dicks. Yeah, very noble. And, and it really shows the, um, the parents have, I would say not good, but like decent intentions. Um, They're not like outwardly abusive, but it really demonstrates the like, I'm picturing like a boomerang, the like reverse effect that all of their decisions have. It's like the more you lock these girls up, the more they will try to escape. The more you tell boys at school that they can't date them, the more they will want to. The more you insist that they are virgins, like the more their virginity and therefore having sex with them will become central to their identity. Like you are like you are raising sex objects. You are raising like you are forcing them to be um entirely defined by all of the things that like you don't want them to be defined by exactly they're defined by their limitations because everything they've been told is what they cannot do and they have nothing else going on like when they try desperately to figure out the younger one's personality and they're like idk she liked horses maybe it's like there's like some study where it's like the way to keep teens from like having you know too much sex and stuff is not to insist that they don't have sex it's to like put them in sports leagues and like give them other things to do after school and like let Kirsten Dunst have her rock records Uh. like better she be listening to rock records than having sex with men on the roof like give them hobbies let them go out because right now you're you're not letting them do anything therefore they might as well become self-destructive because you've given them no personality yes if um your cat does not have stimulation he will destroy your couch Mm mm-hmm I mean, it's that thing that there's that, you know, internet thing of go touch grass, go outside, but you will become depressed if you are locked in your room with nothing to do and no socialization. You know, when they throw the party at their house and Kathleen Turner, who plays the mother, is just convinced that this is going to like be normal for them and give them like (laughs) and fix it. Be like, well, they had a party and they're they're fixed now. In fact, it's the opposite. It just shows that these, like, makes them miserable. Yeah. Uh, And they're very, like, removed from reality. It is funny when, um, I guess, like, the principal of the school, because James Woods, who's the dad, works at the school, and he's like, hey, your daughters haven't been to school in two weeks. And he's like, have you checked out back? (laughs) Like, as if he's just going to find them. He's Um, like, yeah, he's losing it. He's like muttering, talking about plants and cracking. 
I mean, that's another he, thing. He's, he's like really into planes and stuff. Yeah. Well, he, there's a thing that I think is, um, I love Sofia Coppola. I love her movies. She, I think, is my unranked in my top five favorite directors. Like, I can't pick and choose a favorite, but she's way up there. Marie Antoinette was my favorite movies of all time. One thing I think that, and maybe, so this is her first movie, first feature film. She's 28 years old, so never too young to, never too old to start living your dreams, as long as your dad is Francis Ford Coppola. Um, Duvernay made her first movie at like 40, so don't Exactly. Vera Wang made her dress, blah, 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 whatever the thing is. But um, her films, I think, have a unique perspective of lo- being lonely and understanding what it is to be lonely. And this one, um, whether it's because of the source material or because of her perspective, has like an additional sadness that's like you're lonely and your parents like don't even get what you do and there's no attempt whatsoever to try and relate to you as a human being they only see you as either an extension of their success or as a non-human defined only by like they're your offspring yeah I mean the the parents are a little bit they're they're like just a little bit dumb like when Kathleen like oh I'm gonna burn a vinyl record in my fireplace and like obviously her house fills with smoke and she's finally like oh I guess I can just throw the rest away um but it's also I and I you know credit to Jeffrey Eugenides who wrote the book for the majority of the movie the parents have also just lost their youngest child so they're withdrawnness is understandable and they're like hypersensitivity to like oh god we don't know what happened to our youngest but whatever it was we can't let it happen to the other four therefore I guess keep them locked in the house even though that's where the youngest killed herself like it is understandable even if it's completely misguided it is like their baby just died like of course they're really bad at talking to their daughters they're sad (laughs) and they're trying to protect their kids it's all coming from a place of like you know there's that thing where your parents were learning how to be parents as they were raising you they don't know what to do and they're working from a very limited a really narrow scope of how to be a parent and from a very yeah, it's it's Jesusy. Jesusy, there, there, there's uh, crosses everywhere. Yeah, it's like Carrie's mom, but instead of she gets psycho powers, they kill themselves. What did you think of the girls' reaction to their sister's death? Because from the boys' perspective, they are like fine. Like they're like at school the next day, like laughing on the lawn. Yeah, I think because. She tried to kill herself once before in the beginning, Cecilia. Then she does it again. And we don't really know what happened in between in terms of their private conversations. Because I think that's another thing that's really great about the film is like they have their own little language and they have this all these like hushed group conversations that we don't ever get a glimpse into. It might be one of those things. I mean, their suicide, the, the titular suicides at the end of the film come as a shock even though they shouldn't it's the name of the film but I have a feeling it's like they aren't faced by it because they knew that it was gonna happen whether discussed or implied or because they're in their minds this is the only way out of their lives 
I think it's something that they're like very resigned, like it's this or stay. I was listening to some podcasts and they were talking, this movie takes place in like the early 70s? Yeah. The maybe mid 70s, like there was like, um, you know, as part of the satanic panic or whatever, which was like sort of based on fake stuff but like a very real thing that was happening was like there were more runaways than ever and first and for the first time i should fact check all of this but it like white girls from the suburbs were running away in droves in a way that they hadn't for decades of american life and i i got the like that was the happy ending that i wanted for them where i was like when Lux gets in the car to kill herself, I was like, no, honey, drive. Like you, like, I understand that you no longer want to be in this house, but like drive to the city, become a sex worker, get a waitressing job. Like you can do whatever the hell you want. You're gorgeous. And these sweet little boys want to help you. Little baby, um, Rooney, Princess Diaries Coppola. He's so Robert Schwartzman. Robert Schwartzman with so much personality and he's gonna be like 12 oh yeah he's a baby he's like a baby in this movie and he's fully like I has the swagger of someone who's had sex with 100 women oh he's 17 well this movie was filmed in 98 so he's 16 when he's flirting with the mom I was like oh this kid knows the most confident kid I've ever met it was like the Coppola Schwartzman cage entire family just Hamming it up. The ending, I guess, dream sequence when the boys are driving all the girls in the car and like, we made it, we're driving out, is so heartbreaking. And I, the last time I was, when I was watching this again, whatever it was earlier this week, I always catch myself rewinding because when it actually, re- they go into the house to get them and you start to see what actually happens, it's blink, it's, it's blink and you miss it. They even say like, all these years later, the sequence of events, we fight over it, where it's like, they don't quite remember what order they found them in. And the movie is very good at getting that across. You can't tell who's, you know, until, when they, until they voice it over saying who was where. You don't know who's who and, and what it is. It's just like, they made a plan. They each picked a room and a mode. And then you have that really, I mean, I don't want to say wonderful, but like, that great sequence of the debutante party and the theme is toxic air and it's this like gorgeous it's like a gorgeous everything's green and like air has made this like really haunting like organy music underneath it and these boys are it's that meme that's like we stand in front of you like what what do you do it's like all the like voice and it's like kill myself in front of you and change the trajectory of your lives forever that is the virgin suicide. That is, in fact, the plot of the virgin suicides. What is the plot of the virgin suicides? Snap that and then just put the virgin suicides of Pia Coppola in 1999. Oh my god, that's funny, Allie! Thanks, I think about it a lot. Um, But these boys are just like, again, their lives have been changed forever. They saw dead bodies. They thought they were going to rescue these girls. And everyone around them is just like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Like, yeah, the weird Lisbon girls are dead and the parents left. Like, whatever. Our kids are debutantes now. I mean, I totally get it, though. Yeah. Where I kept thinking, like, man, if this, if this happened to a family I knew, I would be talking about it 20 years later, 30 years later. I'd be talking about it a week after. I would say things that were in very poor taste. Um, I would gossip. 
ab- absolutely would I be that person just being like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. Which, which well, there's was- something about it that is very, I mean, what's so great about the book and the movie is the flashbacks and you've got the narration, you've got interviewing the people, you know, when they're older, not the boys, but like some of these other characters. And it makes the events as they're happening have such a weight to them where it doesn't feel like gossip. It really feels like. It's very urban legendy. It's very it's mythic. mythic. Yeah, very yeah. mythic. You wonder, you know, it's not that they're unreliable narrators necessarily, but that they're me- like in the quote unquote true version, because there is no true version of the book, but like in the quote unquote true version, like they might not have even all died on the same day. They might just remember it that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where, like, yeah, like maybe it was like a week later, but they just think it was all one night. Yeah. And what is the thing that th- there's like some invented memory? Oh, um well that's such a satanic panic thing where they were convincing all these kids that they had been like abused and stuff yeah it's crazy ritual there's a oh i'm thinking of a thing someone told me recently never mind never mind but there is that thing of when you remember something and you're trying to find an explanation it's like when you try to remember your dreams Mm -hmm. trying to remember trying to remember trying to remember and it gets muddy because you dissect it so much that there are no pieces left to put together. You've just chopped it up too much and it's become a blur. Um, And I think the film is so successful because she knows how to capture that. And music and montage and kind of these like, you know, ethereal images of Kirsten Dunst, like her hair is blowing in a wind and like. The soundtrack is excellent. Um, Trip's introduction to Crazy on You by Heart, really, really one of the best needle drops. Him walking, slow motion, down a hallway, glasses, jacket thrown over shoulder, while Magic Man by Heart plays. The coolest entrance of a hot movie guy. I would say- Josh Hartnett. He never was better than that. No. Well, it's very Trip Fontaine-y because he was really, it's like, yeah, that was his, you know, moment in time. I mean, he obviously did a lot of work after that. But yeah, the whole montage where all the girls and the moms love him while Hart is playing, walking on the whole Hart is playing. The communicating through the records that you brought up and the records and yeah it's very sweet every time I hear hello it's me I think of virgin suicides it is a little bit like one of the scenes that made me laugh a lot it it's sad because she's depriving her daughter of fun but when she's like mom Aerosmith mom like and I was like Aerosmith is terrible burn it burn Burn Aerosmith And then there's some other band where she's like, I think Kiss maybe, where I was like, honey, you're not going to want these records in two years. Like, just just do your mom a solid. Get some points with your mom and burn Burn those. Burn those. Some you can keep, but those can go. Get rid of those. Someone get this girl some Fleetwood Mac. Like, she's like, but Smith. And I'm like, oh. um, One of my favorite things and this is in another movie and i cannot remember what movie it's in but when they dance to come sail away at the prom 
It is um, in Freaks and Geeks. Freaks and Geeks. That's what I kept. The, I was going to say it was Freaks and Geeks. Song at the prom. Yeah. Because they start like, to slow dance and then it becomes a fun song, which I think it, I mean, it obviously, actually, I think probably this came out after. When was Freaks and Geeks? It was Freaks and Geeks. 1999. So same time. Same time. Wow. Styx was having a little moment. <laughs> Getting those royalties. Um <laughs> I saw Sofia Coppola speak at the New Yorker Festival many, many years ago. I went by myself, had the best time. I cried so much. And um, she was talking to Richard Brody. And he was like, how do you put your movies together? She's like, well, I basically make like collages and I write while I'm listening to music. So everything is set to music. Like these playlists and I have music on set. And it's like very much about the music. And I think I understand why she read this book and wanted to make it a movie because music is such a big part of how they communicate with each other. And that was very successful. She did that very successfully. The casting of these fabulous blonde ladies. Yeah, that was one thing that I, because we've been talking about all of these um, ensemble movies where it's like, oh, that person was peaking. Oh, that person was 20 years before their peak. Uh, Kiki's the only Lisbon girl who did anything. Well, AJ Cook was in Final Destination 2 and then on 22 seasons of Criminal Minds. So that is not the person I've been following. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. She's in Final Destination 2. She's the main girl and uh, Criminal Minds. She's JJ on Criminal Minds. And she's been in some movies. But yeah, she's really the only one who blew up. And there was a lot. They cast... Uh, they auditioned like every single actress mm-hmm. for this movie and it was kind of this like gut feeling is how it's described or like quoted she was like I just had a gut feeling that she was right for this well her collaborations with Sophia have been so fruitful and this is where it starts this is the the birthplace I mean I think you can tell it's not just a different kind of movie, a different kind of role, but like the way the film just like knows that she's got it, like that Kirsten Dunst is a talent. Mm-hmm. It's the first time you really get, actually, it's not the first time, like interview with the vampire, like, oh, this girl's a star. There's like no talking in this movie. And you're like, this girl is, is it? She's got that it factor. They have, it's sort of the Lauren Bacall thing where it's like, okay, can you look at the camera and wink? great that's your character <laughs> like yeah. this is like can you be sad but beautiful but mm-hmm. also haunted can you smoke a cigarette very slowly Kirsten Dunn smoking is one of my favorite twitter accounts um <laughs> and just one of my favorite things in general yeah this is also a funny one because like Kathleen Turner family friend James Wood family friend and everybody else is a random kid like Josh was on a teen comedy and Kirsten Dunst, you know, huge pivot. Coming in, girl. She had some quote about something where she was like, I really trust working with Sophia because I don't have to be cute. Yes. Well, Sophia was the one who told her never get your teeth fixed. Oh, smart. Because they really wanted her to get her, her teeth done. Small teeth. And they were both babies. Like Kirsten was 16 Sophia's 28, 29, has like a Greta Gerwig-y. I want to hang out with them. Yeah, it's very Greta and Sersha. Exactly. Exactly. But depressed. (laughs) 
movie's not super happy, but Lexapro, <laughs> Lexapro, Greta, and Sersha. You know what a great spinoff of this movie about girls being trapped inside by their parents is? Is Romy Mars's TikTok where she explains that she's grounded because she tried to get a private jet to the to Maine, I think Maryland, um, to see a camp friend, and while brandishing a knife, uh, says that she's gonna do some cooking. <laughs> and Your performance art, uh, kind of accuses her parents of neglect, <laughs> um, and. It's unclear how aware she is that this will absolutely go viral because she can't not know. But part of the thing is she's like, well, I don't have social media, but TikTok's okay. TikTok's okay. My favorite, two favorite parts of that are um, she doesn't know what uh, garlic is, which is just not true because you don't come from one of the great Italian American families. And you don't go up to the Coppola estate up in Northern California and be like, hey, Grandpa, what are we doing? I don't know what garlic is. Like, come on. I don't know. I would imagine she was like, I reject all of this. I don't care what garlic is. I'm my own person. I think I can understand. I have I have become convinced that I she doesn't know the difference between an onion and a shallot. I get that. No one knows the difference between an onion and a shallot. Well, someone was like, if you've never been to a grocery store and you've never picked up a shallot, I can understand. But my favorite part is that when she's explaining why she doesn't have social media, she holds out her dad's Grammy and not her mother's Academy Award. <laughs> I I think probably the Academy Award is on like a very, very high shelf. A very high shelf next to the I would imagine door. the easier to access. I can very much have you like, I don't get what this glass thing is but like the oscar i wonder if she thinks her dad is cooler and more famous than her mom i doubt that no but it's like yeah mom is out filming priscilla the movie that is going to be my entire personality (laughs) at least a full calendar year um we have moved on from baz lerman elvis to sophia coppola elvis and i am becoming a monster and I don't know where her dad is, like doing car commercial music somewhere. And uh, she's home alone. She's home alone. If the Lisbon girls had TikTok, oh. I think they would be okay because their parents would never know because they wouldn't figure it out. They would be those girls who'd make the collages that are like different kinds of aesthetics with random, like tomato girl aesthetic. Yes. And yes. They would be that. And they would be so good at it. TikTok does love, at least my TikTok feed loves the virgin suicides. Like, of course your TikTok feed loves the virgin suicides. You love the virgin suicides. Yeah, but not so much that I'm getting all these like Lisbon girl fan cams. And I'm like, yes, the vibes are immaculate. It is a beautiful movie. It is not kill yourself. But girls, don't kill yourself. Like, go get a, read a book. Yeah. They do go outside. They chain themselves to the tree. So, well, they don't want anything to change because they don't how. And then that's the big irony: is their parents never wanted them to grow up, and they never will. They never died. Will. They never grow up. 
Well, and it's like, I think that's like, we're jumping back to like, how are they channeling, like processing the loss of their sister? Like the, they can't cut the tree. Like the tree is, is the symbol for Cecilia, but it's very much, you know, um, it's very much that. Yeah. It's also like such writerly kid logic to be like they killed themselves and then they cut all the trees down and then the factories closed and like that was the end of that chapter in Detroit and at the end of the movie there's like that weird gas in the air where like if you think about it like they're the the fact that is nothing to do like these depressed girls offing themselves has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that like manufacturing went overseas like not related not even a metaphor it doesn't even track doesn't make sense the death but of innocence your child, you're like yeah and everything fell apart and it started with those blonde girls <laughs> those damn lesbian girls and they didn't kill themselves girls it's like uh, why I dislike John Steinbeck so much because I remember having to read Grapes of Wrath in high school and I was like, we get it. The caterpillar crossing the road is people moving, uh, migrating around for the Dust Bowl. I'm not an idiot. It's pretty obvious. There are 40 more pages of this. Um, If that had an original set score by the French band Air, maybe it would have been better. Maybe we should make one. No, I get it. The caterpillar moved across the street. The caterpillar is a metaphor. John Steinbeck, what a hack. Um, what else about this movie? What have we not covered? Kirsten Dunst is fabulous. She's so great. She's so good. She's very beautiful and very sad. Which is uh, your gateway out of teen stardom and into I'm an adult actor, even though she went right back to teen stardom because she had to. It's very interesting. I'm thinking now about that. Like when you move out of teen teen stardom into adult film, adult stardom, you either go like super like sexy or very gross you know it's like there are two things you play like you either yeah I don't know when you leave a fran like the actresses who leave franchises which were a few years out from Kirsten doing a franchise but I think there's a similar you know you go do like weird ass French art house films that no one's ever going to see her like first like adult sexy role is like it's sexual in that the character is exploring her sexuality but you never get this like you know bikini like thing like you do and bring it on um or crazy for you where it's like she's being sexualized without where she keeps going out on the front lawn and like in her like like a little can't right like she keeps like posing for the guys who come to like water the lawn or whatever but never in a way that's like without reason sure i mean i i i am glad that she got to stay a kid for a while because i think of like jennifer lawrence is only now getting to have fun like 
she had to be so serious for so long. And I'm like, you know, maybe it's not her most um, like deeply layered work, but I'm like so glad she got to do Bring It On and like oh God, yeah, to play it and like show that um, capacity, you know? And I'm not knocking Bring It On because I love Bring It On, but I think it's great that this was her first film. She got to do this movie before she got to do those kinds of movies. I think it set her up. Um, also, Jennifer Lawrence like got stuck doing all those shitty David O. Russell movies. Just like you're, you look like a mom, and it's like this woman looks like a mom. Playing Christian Bale's wife in American Hustle. I hate that movie so much. I've never felt more lied to in my entire life because the trailer for that movie was very good. Trailer ripped. Um, that, listen, I'm a smart person. The trailer has, that movie has narration explaining what Abscam is. <laughs> I've seen it twice and I have no fucking clue what that, thi- what that chapter in history, is. like, I couldn't. I have no idea what the thing is that they're doing. I did. I don't know what shorting is. And after like the big short did not explain anything about shorting. Margot Robbie in a bathtub did not explain it. So much so that when the GameStop thing was happening, I had to text my dad being like. GameStop movie now. What? There's a GameStop movie now. See. With um, Paul Dano and Shailene Woodley. What? Yeah. Shoeless Shailene. Yeah, she's a mom now. She's playing a mom. Well, she diary of a secret teenage girl. So yeah. I secret diary of whatever. Um, this is why people need to read books because they could turn books into movies and then we can stop turning boring things that happened in recent history into movies, except when someone goes to make the submersible movie. <laughs> Ali, people died. As many people died in that as Lisbon girls died. Mm, so true. <laughs> five and five. Only one of the things that this film has in common because there's no bodies of water anywhere near. They never see the sea. Doesn't the little girl try to kill herself in the bathtub? The first one. The first time she tries to kill herself, she slits her wrists in the bathtub. Yeah. And then- Later, she has to throw herself out the window. Onto the fence. Ugh, the scene where they replace the fence is just, whew, dark. The fact that they didn't take their girls out of school after their little sister killed herself, but they did take them out of school because Kiki broke curfew. <laughs> this is not good parenting. Priorities all over the place. It also really reminded me, the, the I watched the like documentary about the Duggar family, and I was like, mm. yeah. These people who have all of these kids, but like aren't actually that. So they spend all their time being parents, but they don't really like parent. Yes. Yes. But they just like have a bunch of kids and then the kids whole social world is each other. So then when one of them gets fucked up, all of them get fucked up. Well, it's a thing of like influencers who have babies or kids and their family influencers. I'm thinking about like there was one that I knew I never followed any of them, but there was one who, like, friend groups were obsessed with. They were, like, very blonde, and they have very blonde children. And it's, like, they're so obsessed with being... The LeBrants. They're not actually getting to know their children. 
and they're not letting their children be human beings because the children's entire function is to be the child of a parent. Well, we're getting to the point now where like the first generation of like kid influencers are adults now and they all fucking hated it. Yeah. There's I think maybe it was refining I don't know. Some some website compiled a bunch of like anonymous um like they're all like I'm divorcing my parents, like I don't talk to them anymore. I hated doing YouTube, blah blah blah. It's like being a kid actor but worse because there are no protections against you or to help you the way that there are in, at least in Hollywood like all your money gets tucked away your parents can't use your money only 15% still that Coogan account 15% of your money you get well yeah Virgin Suicides good movie good soundtrack good girls good girls no gowns no gowns just dresses just- no gowns beautiful vibes your vibes. Hayden uh, Christensen once again goes to a dance. Second movie that that's happened with. She goes to a dance. Hayden Christian, yes, Hayden Christensen, boy at dance. Hayden Christensen taking one of I kept oh my god. I was so close to saying Kristen Stewart. Kirsten Dunst's friends slash sisters to a dance for the second time in a row. I wonder if they like both know that they've been in these movies together. Well, they must have seen each other at the virgin suicides and been right. like hey, we met back at strike right like you were also a boy in the dance in that hey how are you i kind of love this run of like oh hate a christian boy in dance great hire him how many how many more times has he been a boy in a dance not that many more times that i know of but i'll look into it there was a really awkward late night interview was when kirsten was promoting power of the dog she's on this late night, and there's another guy there and um the host was like, you two are in the same movie. Kirsten Dunst is like, you see her face go like, she's like, she doesn't remember him. She's like, what? And he's like, yeah, you both were in Wag the Dog together. And she was like, I was in one scene and my one scene was with Dustin Hoffman and Robert De Niro. So I don't know. And he's like, oh no, I play like a background guy and like this other scene that we're not in. And she was like, oh, okay. Yeah, we're in the same movie. Like, <laughs> We did not have any scenes together. It's not like we were both in a movie together that I don't remember. Because Very I- similar to Gwyneth Paltrow has no idea she was in Spider-Man. <laughs> she was like, that was for Spider-Man. I did the like gross, stupid inverse of that, which is I was collecting quotes at like TIFF or something. And I talked to Michael Shannon and I asked him some question and I, can't remember what the question could possibly have been but he replied with some anecdote about when he was in Groundhog Day and I have seen Groundhog Day many times and I was absolutely certain Michael Shannon's not in it and I thought oh he's be he's messing with me this is a deadpan humor so I went who'd you play the groundhog and he was like no I played a guy named Bill sure enough (laughs) the young couple that gets married he has a very minor early role in that movie but i was just like god lizzie you like he's not messing with you he doesn't know you he was in the movie he didn't wake up and be like today i'm gonna convince everybody that i was in groundhog day which is a very michael shannony thing to do he would do that gaslighting him or something like anyway it was embarrassing it was very embarrassing i have always loved 
like actors who are in movies before they're famous and octavia spencer has one of the best runs of being in things before she was famous like she plays like nurse in rob zombies halloween 2 she's like in everything so i'm obsessed with watching a movie and then a famous person has a very small role it's one of my favorite delights that and when they're on criminal minds i had again sort of the inverse of that which is when i saw the help i was like i've seen that woman before and it wasn't octavia spencer it was jessica chastain and i was remembering her from an episode of veronica mars but i was like she was so good in that episode that i like years later seeing her play a very different character filmed long after like her face looks different and stuff and i was just like but i was like but i've seen that woman before the veronica mars casting team very good at their jobs i that's overdue maybe i'll start that rewatch tonight yeah i love it and i again love that i had seen criminal minds before i had seen the virgin suicides i was like oh that's jj from criminal minds as one of the lisbon sisters who are these other two i really don't know but it's Marie Antoinette and, J- and special agent special agent JJ. Mm-hmm. That's canonically who they are. They're only two women. <laughs> it's your Marie Antoinette or you're a profiler for the FBI. Absolutely. Well, I feel like we've said all there is to say about the 1999 sad girl vibes. Yeah, feel your feelings. Don't kill yourself. It's not cute. It's not romantic. It's not beautiful. And pro- and and unless you have a bunch of beautiful sisters, boys will not speak of you in 20 years and how cool you were. People will just think it's sad. So don't do it. Do not kill yourself in front of some boys and change the trajectory of their lives forever. Even though it is a good meme. It's a good meme, but don't. Oh, wait. Danny DeVito's in this movie. Yep. He's the psychiatrist with the Rorschach tests yep again another one's like and Danny DeVito was here um yeah don't kill yourself go listen to the Bee Gees and take Prozac and take take your Prozac kids take take your Lexapro call your call your therapist don't kill yourself touch grass touch grass chain yourself to a tree next week something so fun and so different very different I can't wait. Thank you, Lizzie. Thank you, Allie. Goodbye.